This month is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and it has brought back memories of my own domestic violence and abuse situation. This is Samantha Gregory with RichSingleMama.com and SamanthaGregory.com, and I'm speaking my mind. Hello, everybody. This is Samantha, and I went to an event last night, um, the Purple Purse event, here in or near my city, and it brought back some memories, memories of my own domestic violence um, abuse situation and how I felt going through the process of being in the abuse and leaving the situation. Being in it was shocking for me because it happened so quickly. I was completely stunned, taken off guard. It would happen right after I got married. I'm saying like pretty much the very week I was married, uh, the abuse started. And so my abuse wasn't necessarily the punch in the face or kick in the stomach type of abuse. It was everything else. It was psychological. It was mental. It was sexual. It was um, everything else pretty much, but the physical, um, but the psychological was the hardest because it was an onslaught. It was an attack on my person, um, who I am. And I knew that sooner or later it would turn physical if I didn't stop it in its tracks. Even though it wasn't a physical abuse for me, it was for my then two-year-old son. Now, I don't talk about this very much um, because I pretty much want to protect him, but I know that speaking out about it and helping other mothers understand the risk they take when they meet, date, or marry someone who is not the father of their child um, can be very detrimental to their child's health. And so it did happen to my child. I did get out very quickly because I knew that if I did not get out, he would end up in a um, worse situation than he has turned out to be in now. He could grow up to be an abuser or he could grow up to be or not even grow up because he might even be dead because um, of the type of abuse. Uh, he could have total mental problems. He could have so many different things because of the abuse he endured. Um, so I said, no, that's not going to happen. We got to move on. But the moving on was the tough part because he was quite adamant about being in control, which is what most abusers are really there for. They want to just control you um, and everything around you, including the money, um, which is what I want to really bring to the forefront and why this whole flood of memories have come back for me. Um, not that I feel hurt, devastated because I've done so much healing, but I feel the need to speak out because there's so many women who are still in the situation of abuse and can't get out or feel they can't get out. Uh, and mostly it's because of money, money um, or provision or whatever you want, because the abuser usually controls the purse strings and it turns out to be the hardest thing for her because she has no resources. She has nowhere to go. Um, she has no money of her own because um, either she's been forced to stay home and take care of the kids, or if she does make money, it's taken from her pretty much immediately, and she has no savings, nothing. Uh, I was blessed. I was fortunate because 
I was working before I got married. I had my own bank account. I was also in school. I had my own car. I had my own apartment. And he actually moved in with me. Okay, red flag number two for you ladies who are listening. Uh, So I had um, leverage, as it were. Whereas many women don't have that. They don't have leverage. They don't have their own place. They don't have their own vehicle or own job or own money or bank account. And so because I had these things in place, it made it um, a bit easier for me. Um, I also had a very strong will. I had um, what I call a temporary lapse in judgment when I was dating and ended up marrying this guy. And it caused me to make some decisions that weren't very healthy for me or my children. I used to blame myself and shame myself and feel guilty over that. But then I look back and say, you know what? You were a single mom. You were under a lot of stress. You had some guilt and shame, and you just wanted the situation to stop. But trust me, that is not the way to to end suffering or struggle, is to marry someone. That's just not the way to do it. You have to be a whole individual. You have to be completely clear and cognizant of all of your decisions and not be in a state of temporary insanity. That's what I call it, temporary insanity, but it is what it is. Okay, so back to how I got out. I had um, a habit of having multiple bank accounts. True. Yeah, I do. I don't rely. I put all my eggs in one basket, as it were. And I make sure that I have money in all my accounts. And so that's what happened. So the main account, I had put my ex's name on it. And um, when the abuse was going on and coming to a head and to an end, I left and he wiped out my bank account. Okay, so see, that's what happens with a lot of women. If they do have a bank account, their bank account could be completely wiped out because his name is on the account or her name is on his account. And so she has no leverage. Uh, but I it, that wasn't the case for me. I was able to um, move all of my money most of my money actually, to the different bank account where his name wasn't on. He had no access to it. And I was able to call the landlord who ran the apartment complex I lived in and have her change the locks. I did get a restraining order. Um, And like, you know, many people always say, hey, it's just a piece of paper. It doesn't really, it can't really save your life because he does, if he does get to you and you can't get to the police or have them come quickly enough, then you could literally be dead. Um, But I did go through the process of getting a restraining order because that's the process you're supposed to go through. Um, When he did come back to my apartment after I kicked him out or told him I was leaving, um, he, I did call the police. The police did come and they did um, tell him to leave. So it, we went through about a month or so of him trying to get back in and get back into in control. Of, of my home and my situation. My family was very supportive. They did come in and help me. They um, showed up for me. And I was very blessed you know, with that because um, I knew that getting them involved would help me and help him to see that I was serious and he had to leave. He had to go. Uh, this whole situation was very traumatic on my family, on me. And I didn't realize it until um, a few years later to, to, to know the extent of that post-traumatic stress that my family went through, especially my son especially, and my daughter. She also went through it. And so we 
we dealt with it the best way that we we dealt with it the best way that we could and we moved on we went through our healing process um we went through some counseling not very much of it um because i think for me i just wanted to get back to a normal way of life that we had pre x um coming into our lives and I'm just speaking out about this because I know that there are so many women out there who are struggling, who want to leave, but who are afraid to leave, who feel trapped. And the main culprit is money, finances, um, having access to resources, having a place to go. I had a place to go because I had my parents to go to. I also, when I came back to town, I had a good friend who allowed me to stay with her. I tried the shelter for all of one day, but I couldn't take it because the people in there were just as angry as my ex, and I felt it was an abusive environment for them, my children and myself. So I did go to my good friend's home and stayed there until I was able to get back into my own house. Um, the Having a place to go is so crucial um, and feeling safe. Having money is so crucial. Having the resources to to start all over again is so important. Uh, having a game plan or a, a a plan in place to move from the the situation into a safe place. Um, my good friend and cousin Marquetta Smith runs Safe Harbor International Ministries, and she was a speaker at the event last night, and she was saying that. Without having a plan in place, without having even just a bag to pack with all of your identification from your birth certificate to your social security card to your uh, passport, if you have one, having the essentials for your children and change of clothes for yourself uh, and your children, have, if having all of that packed in a bag, that could be so tough. Because if your abuser is always looking and ju- and checking you out and and going through your stuff, it's it's just really hard. So if you are a person who knows someone who is being abused, then maybe you could help them through that. You could help them put this bag together and keep it at your place. Get them just siphon off different things a uh, little by little, especially the documentation, the birth certificate, and social security card, and driver's license, and everything that you need and help them stash some cash away. If you can do that for them, you have helped them get through such a huge hurdle. If you can help them plan their escape to another city or to their family, wherever, get a restraining order, help them get a restraining order, find time, pockets of time during the, the week or the month, help them because without your help, they'll be stuck there for more years. Um, if their children are there and you know they're being abused, you have to call someone. You have to get involved because their lives are in danger. And you don't want it to turn into a situation where there's murder involved and that the lives of the children and the woman is taken or she takes his life and ends up in jail because our justice system even will call that murder even though she is trying to defend herself and her children. So if you can find a way to get involved, I can find a way to get involved, then we can turn the situation around. Another thing I want to bring to your mind after these messages is where bullying fits in. 
I want to share with you about Bliss Body Butter. Bliss Body Butter is the cream, all natural, 100% organic cream that helps you sleep better, helps you stress less, helps you ache less. It is a body butter that you can find at blissbodybutter.com. You can type in Bliss and get a 20% discount right now. So head over to blissbody.com to get your jar of Bliss Body Butter. Also check out the Bliss box that you can get on a monthly basis for as a subscription box, as well as the Bliss Spray, Anxiety Spray. It helps you with calming you. It's made of lavender scents, and it will totally calm you and make you feel so much better. Bullying is a big indicator of whether or not a person will grow up to be an abuser. Now, I've dealt with bullies in my life um, pretty much since I was a little girl, and it I've, I've witnessed it. I've also experienced it at school, and I determined that I would never have that in my life. So when I ended up marrying someone who was basically a bully, I was disappointed in myself and, of course, shocked because I was actually going through this abusive situation. So um, another reason why I knew I had to get out of the situation was because my son was, again, the target of this abuse and bullying. And I knew that if he grew up in this environment, he would also become a bully or always be susceptible to a bully. But I think becoming a bully is probably where he would have landed. So I had to end the situation and move on with our lives, begin the healing and raise a child that was a good human being who had love and compassion for humanity and did not fall into that um, abusive behavior. So bullying, again, starts in the home and it may be a parent, it may be a relative, it may be um, a, a family friend who bullies others. And the one who's being bullied may end up growing up as a bully and may end up being becoming an abuser. They may abusers also have been abused and or seen abuse in their family. And so I believe that is uh, a great issue predicator and indicator of what will happen in relationships whether it's a teen romantic relationship that turns abusive, whether it's a marriage that turns abusive or a living situation that's abusive, it pretty much starts with bullying. And so I think when we figure this out and we learn that if we let, if we start to teach people about bullying and that it's wrong, kids knowing that you have to treat people with kindness and compassion and treating others as you want to be treated, then maybe we'll have fewer bullies and maybe we'll definitely have fewer domestic violence violence abusers. So I just wanted to put that in your ear. I want you to see the correlation. It doesn't just happen out of the blue. Abusers don't just become abusers. There's an underlying reason for that. I'm not excusing their behavior, but I'm letting you know there is a reason for the behavior. And if you see these red flags of abuse, if you've been abused or bullied as a child, then you may and you haven't dealt with that, then you may end up in a situation where you become abused. 
And that is not your fault. It's simply a fact. I want to make that clear. It's not your fault. It's a fact. And you have the power to change that. You have the power to make a change in your own life and in the lives of your future children, of your family. And if you dealt with abuse in your immediate family or in your extended family, then you have a right to voice that. You have a right to say, you know what, you guys were abusive. You guys were bullying and I won't accept that. And you can put up a barrier, um, a, a, a boundary rather, so that you don't allow that those people into your life and you learn from the situation. So many people, so many victims fail to learn from the situation and they end up in the situation again. And that is just a, a vicious cycle of getting in and out of situations where you've been abused. Again, it's not about placing blame, shame, or guilt. It's about understanding what the facts are, what the reality is, and how you can change your own reality, um, whether you've been in a bullying situation or an abusive situation. If you finally got out of the abusive situation, if you are a domestic violence abuse survivor, congratulations. I'm proud of you. I'm happy for you. And I want you to go on and live a life where you are thriving and not you're, and you're not just surviving because survival, survivalship is a constant fight. But when you're actually thriving, then you are living a state of happiness and joy and peace. And that's what you deserve. So aim toward the life where you're thriving. Being a survivor is okay. You've done that. Now move on to the place where you're able to thrive and you're able to live. And for those of you who've not been in that situation, but you know someone who is, give them some hope. Help them. Show them. Encourage them. Believe them more than anything. Believe them. Because they need you to believe them. And you have to plant those seeds of hope in them as well. So this is Samantha Gregory. I'm speaking my mind and I appreciate you listening and we'll talk to you again next week. Thank you for listening to Speaking My Mind with Samantha Gregory. I encourage you to go and visit richsinglemama.com to learn about all your personal finance for single moms of color. It is a place where you can learn about personal finance, parenting, and personal development and helping you move from a place where you're only surviving into a place where you finally learn to thrive.